0: Tigers on game. Shoot, he scores!
1: Jesse and Lance talk Tigers and all things WHL with the voice of the Tigers, Bob Ridley. Tigers the Tigers players. Tigers alumni and insiders across the WHL. Here's your host, Jesse and Lance.
2: Go. Welcome to another edition of the Tigers Uncaged podcast. This is a podcast about your medicine hat, Tigers, and everything WHL. We are your hosts, Jesse and Lance. You may know us from Chat 94.5, or mm. you may see us at Co-op Place from time to time, as we are we try and make as many home games as we possibly can.
3: Yeah, except we missed the last <laughs> one. But that's <laughs> it's Thanksgiving weekend, there's weddings and stuff. And hey, shout out South Country Co-op. Round of applause. Oh. South Country Co-op powering Tigers Uncaged for a full season.
2: Full season. They are going to be a part of this. We appreciate the H-E double hockey stick out of them. And uh, you mentioned you and I missing Saturday's game. Yeah. Probably the best game of the year so far. Going up against the Edmonton Oil Kings. And it it was highly touted that Oil Kings had their number all season last year. Yep. And Tigers playing very well at home. Winning that one in a shootout.
3: Yeah. Yeah. We'll dive into uh, more of that game with Scott Roblin. See what his thoughts are. We also have uh, media services manager Adam Jones with the Tigers. Going to swing by as well and kind of recap the week that was and how the game day side of things has been. Is that his title? Yeah, he's the media services manager. Really? I've known him for five years. I just call him the Tigers guru. I know. I had to (laughs) because he technically has a title. I saw it in an email once, and I had to go back and look for oh, it. Wow. I might have even made it up. He mm-hmm. might not actually be the media services manager. Uh, he is now. I do, mean. They, <laughs> do they have a staff area on their website? Oh. Uh, there, there, there's contests. Well, There you go. Nonetheless,
2: I mean, uh, Jonesy's kind of always been our go-to guy when it comes to the medicine at Tigers. He's the guy that's in our ears, too, when we do the game day yeah. stuff. And uh, we're two home games in. We're looking pretty
3: good. I can mention, by the way, Media Services okay, Manager, let's go. according to TigersHockey.com. Nice. But, uh, but yeah, what a tale of two weekends it was, eh? Man, Man. like Jekyll and Hyde. Yep, a little bit.
2: And I, I think it had a lot to do, and hopefully we can uh, talk about it throughout the podcast. I think there were a little jitters. Going into that first weekend, it I looked think like it. your first game in Swift Current. This is your first game, like of the new season. Of yeah. course, there's going to be butterflies, and then you're coming home to Co-op Place. You got a new name. You got some new faces. You have what close to three thousand people cheering for you. Yep. I don't care how old you are. I I think there's got to be some jitters
3: there. Yeah, and I think the players have now affectionately called uh, their home rink the coop. I'm pretty sure that is now. Is that a thing? I I think I saw it in a story from from. It was either Tegan Rasha or Scott Roblin on Chat TV. I mm. think I saw a story about someone quoted as calling it the Coop. I'm all right with that. So I, I think that's starting to roll a little bit. But uh, but yeah, definitely two different weekends. man. Yeah, two so we'll,
2: uh, we'll talk about the weekend that was. Also, we'll get you set for uh, this weekend as the Tigers. Listen, they have some two uh, tough games in my opinion. Saskatoon Blades, uh, for years, have been a very strong team. Yep. And then Prince Albert, ever since they they were on top, I mean, it's not as good, but they still have a very strong team. And I think it's only a matter of time before they find that W and they climb the ranks.
3: Yeah, winless so far this season, but they have a lot of top picks for the NHL that are on their team. So it's a matter of time. And I mean, don't forget, they also have that Tuesday game uh, this coming Tuesday against Swift Current again. Who they're zero two against? Yep. So, so that's a big test for them as well. Looking for some payback. Also, we'll talk about the Tigers trade because we were talking about the overagers. What right. was going
2: to happen? We had four overagers. Now we have three. One of the overagers getting traded. We'll talk to Scott Roblin about that. Come on, check
1: it out. Tigers Uncaged is powered by South Country Co-op.
4: The Tigers. More roar in a minute. We've been part of the farming community for generations, planning, advising, getting our boots dirty helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy. We are South Country Co-op.
5: When it comes to your choice of beverage, you have your favorites. And when it comes to the place you get your beverages from, Co-op Liquor Stores is the favorite. They carry a huge selection of wine, spirits, local and world beers. Stick to what you love or try something new. Co-op Liquor Stores in Crescent Heights, 13th Avenue, Red Cliff, Dunmore, and Strachan Road. All open seven days a week. South Country Co-op. Proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here.
1: Tigers Uncaged. Let's go! Powered by South Country Co-op. Here's your host. And I reveal myself to you all here. Jesse and Lance.
2: Behold! Back with the interim play-by-play man for the Medicine Hat Tigers, Scott Roblin, joining the podcast. And Scott, if you were to tell me that the Tigers were going to go into Red Deer, win that game, and then come home and beat the Edmonton Oil Kings in a shootout... I'd probably say you were crazy. What an incredible weekend for the boys.
6: Yeah, great weekend. uh, Two huge, huge wins. And they did something that I think has been needed, especially early on in the season, has been quick starts. They've gotten out of the gates scoring. Uh, they've been able to get some sustained offense, which they had very little of in that uh, series against the Swift Current Broncos to open the season. And just over the course of uh, this past weekend, they just really felt more comfortable with the puck and being able to to match up with a Red Deer team that had beaten the Oil Kings earlier that week. And, and Edmonton, who are one of the perennial powerhouses in the WHL and in the entire Canadian Hockey League and have a real chance of going to a Memorial Cup this year, uh, loaded with NHL prospects. So a huge, huge weekend, uh, both for the Tigers in Red Deer kind of taking over in the third period and not letting that lead slip. And then on the reverse side at home against Edmonton, coming back from a deficit and being able to win in that shootout.
3: Yeah, and uh, the the goaltenders were, were big this past weekend. It's so funny to see, like, just a complete flip of, of weekends, by the way. That's why you love junior hockey, hey. <laughs> eh? Like, you go 0-2 against Swift, and then you beat Red Deer and Edmonton on back-to-back nights. Uh, but the goaltenders, Beckett Lankow playing in Red Deer and then Garin playing here at home against,
6: uh, against Edmonton, and, and both fared very well. Yeah, Beckett, I'm always just amazed at how composed and poised he is between the pipes. I mean, he's 17, like, very young guy in this league. But he was just phenomenal and really had some key saves but never was caught out of position. Wasn't giving up too many rebounds. Um, just very, very calm and, and poised in, in the net. And I think that was a big thing for the Tigers on Friday nights as they were searching for their first win of the season. Uh, was able to uh, to stop, I believe, 30 pucks that night. So wow. just a really, really good performance from uh, the backup netminder. And for Garin. He was just being Garen Bjorklund. Uh, Very, very aggressive, challenging shooters, uh, stopped a couple guys on breakaways and odd man rushes. Uh, Pretty much every shot Edmondson put into him, there was no rebound given up. Just a... What you come to expect from Garren Bjorklund, and uh, I'm sure Willie Desjardins and his coaching staff and Maddie Wong are really, really encouraged from what they see from their net minders, especially early on in the season here.
2: I mean, you talk about goaltenders, but I, I got to give it up for the defensemen as well. You talk about two weekends that were completely different. I saw a Tigers' defensive core on Saturday really stand out because early on it was all Edmonton. A lot yes. of the times I was watching, Edmonton was in our zone and I mean, you gotta give it up for the... Baker had a phenomenal game and the defense really showed there that this could be a defensive core you can't mess with.
6: Yeah, for sure. And even though they were outshot in both of the games and, and really in the th- the first period for both of the games the Tigers came out to a lead, but their offense was a bit slow. On Friday night in Red Deer, they were out to a 2 to nothing lead after the first and had three shots on goal. Jeez. Like, you don't see that very often. No. But the defensive play, not only from uh, the netminders, but you mentioned Daniel Baker had a great night in Red Deer. The next night took three penalties in a row, and it kind of seemed like he was a bit of the mule on the bench for for the Tigers going to, to the penalty box three straight times. And then with a little over three minutes left, just a, a seeing-eye shot from the yeah. point to, to send it to overtime. Almost won it in the shootout. He hit the post, uh, was the last shooter. Had a great, great rebound. Um, Bogdan's hot ass has been unbelievable since coming over uh, from Europe. He's really adjusted well to the North American game. He's leading the Tigers in uh, in scoring for defensemen. He's been excellent. Drew Krebs has looked poised. So there's there's definitely a lot of pieces here that really came together last weekend.
3: And the interesting aspect is one that may loom the entire season, and it's back to what we talked about last weekend with goals. And Lucas Fikovsky, I think, has around 75-80% of the team's goals after the first four games of the season. Uh, it's obvious that he's going to need to be that guy more often than not for the Tigers to have a chance to win as long as Cole Sillinger stays with the Columbus Blue Jackets. But uh, he, he seems poised and he seems like he's in a good enough spot after coming back from Pittsburgh that he's fine with being that guy and he seems like he's almost ready for it.
6: Yeah, he's absolutely driving the bus when it comes to offense for this team and not just in the the metaphorical sense, but really he's the guy they're giving the puck to on the wing to blow past a couple of guys and cut towards the net. He has just been phenomenal, phenomenal to start the year. Um and in the three games he's played, he's just been the guy mm-hmm. who's up until uh, you know, the Daniel Baker goal uh against the, the Oil Kings I believe it was Spakovsky scored six of his first, of the Tigers' first seven goals of the year. Jeez. Like, yeah. unbelievable. I mean, unbelievable it's a matter stuff. of time.
2: I mean, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Cole Sillinger. Mm-hmm. I'll throw it out there. I don't think he's coming back. And I, I think that now you kind of put all your eggs in Spakovsky's basket, that kid needs to be the captain. I know it's his last year. That kid should be the captain right now. And if you are the Tigers and you are under the impression Sillinger's not coming back, is Willie on the phone right now trying to find some more offensive power for the Tigers?
6: It's a good question. I mean, Cole Sillinger this week was officially named to the opening night roster for the Columbus Blue Jackets. And uh, one of just two 18-year-olds in the NHL from this past draft to make it directly to the NHL, uh, Mason McTavish being the other. Um, it's a it's an incredible thing that Cole Sillinger is doing right now. Um, whether or not he sticks in the NHL is going to be a, a whole nother conversation and of course if uh, Columbus chooses to uh, to reassign him somewhere um, they could also send him to the American Hockey League which mm-hmm. adds another wrinkle into this and another reason why he might not be back in Medicine Hat. But for Lucas Vekovsky, he's done a great job in filling that role. He, like you guys said needs to continue to be that kind of point guy on driving the offense. I believe he can do it. He He looks like a different player this yes. year than he did last year. But you bring up a good point Jesse where I don't know if it's now I don't know if it's closer to trade deadline When they get a better picture of how The offensive outlook of this team is going But uh, you know I don't think you can sustainably have a guy score eighty five to ninety percent of your goals all yeah. season. Yeah. So they do need a bit more depth scoring. That's one area where the Tigers, um they're they're getting some chances, but they need to have a few other guys a bit lower in the lineup uh, start to contribute a bit more offensively. And um it is a good question, especially if the Tigers want to fill a little bit more down the middle. Um you know, for for Lucas, he spent most of his Tigers career on the wing and now he's playing center and playing some of his best hockey. So I'm sure Willie Desjardins is a big fan of that and allows him to have a top line guy that kind of comes in for Sillinger, but there's still some holes when it comes to some offensive production that you're going to be missing from Sillinger. So it definitely is a possibility.
3: Yeah. And it's a matter of time till Corson Hopwo or Oren Strom, Oasis Weisblatt, they start feeling better offensively and start yeah. scoring. But but till then, I mean, you're almost riding Lucas. That's what it's been the first two weekends of the season. But uh, speaking of trades, Eric Van Imp was the odd overage out after Svikovsky came back from Pittsburgh. Uh, we noticed that Van Imp was on the bench for the Saturday night game against the current Broncos on opening weekend,
6: and uh, now he's been shipped out. Yeah, and it's it's a tough loss for the Tigers. I mean, Eric Van Imp took a bit of an offensive step last year, but he's never been a real kind of offensive dynamo from, from the blue line. But the intangibles he brings his defensive game and just as steady as they come when it mm-hmm. comes to defensemen in this league. Uh you know talking to to Willie, he said multiple times, you know, it, it, it came across in the conversations that this was a trade they did not want to make. Um he said if it was up to him, you know, Eric Van Imp would still be a medicine hat tiger. But just the nature of the beast when it comes to WHL and the overage rule and you have to get down to three somehow and especially with, you know, the likelihood of Cole Cylinder coming back to medicine hat being left up in the air. You pro you definitely want to keep Swakovski. You want to keep Hopwo because the scoring punch is definitely a little bit depleted now. Yeah. And then that leaves you between Baker and Van imp as mm-hmm. the, the lone guy out. So, and ended up being van imp the Tigers getting third and fourth round picks for him, which overall isn't too bad. Um, you know, especially when the Tigers are dealing not from a point of strength because teams know they have to get rid of one of these guys um but uh, i i'm glad to see him sticking around in the whl even though it's it's a bit further away from home and ironically it's back to the u.s division he was drafted as a member of the spokane chiefs and was in the zach fisher trade um it, it brings him back to the u.s division uh but it keeps him in the whl which i think is something that is important for him a guy who's who's put in the work over the number of years he's been with the tigers to allow him to enjoy his senior final season in the whl and get chance to play which he's going to do with seattle
2: well i think that anytime you get two draft picks for an overager that's not bad at all
6: no and yeah. and the the biggest thing for the tigers now is figuring out kind of where everybody else slots in because that will elevate a guy like aiden brooke they'll mm-hmm. uh if you know Bring a guy like Reed Andreessen maybe up to a mm-hmm. few more minutes. Eric Van In played a lot of minutes for the Tigers last year, so there's going to there's gonna have to be guys in the lineup that are going to take over not necessarily his role, but his minutes at least, and, and have a bit of a bigger presence on this Tigers blue line.
2: One more before we let you go. Tigers gearing up for a big weekend. They're in Saskatoon. They're in Prince Albert. Uh, two powerhouse teams.
6: Yeah, I mean, Saskatoon is going to be a a good test for the Tigers. Um, They have um, Tristan Robbins back from uh, San Jose camp, so uh, he's going to be providing a lot of scoring punch. And Nolan Meyer, uh, he's chasing the WHL overall goalie wins record uh, career record so he's going to be a, a tough test as well I'm interested to see what's going to happen with Prince Albert they're yet to have a win on the season here and they have a lot of talent Caden Gooley's back from mm-hmm. uh, Montreal Canadians they also have Nolan Allen a first round pick of the Blackhawks they have uh, Ozzy Weisblatt first round pick of the Sharks Um, When you have three first round picks on your team and you start a season 0-4, I'm interested to see what kind of direction they're going to take in this game against the Tigers. It's it's going to be very fascinating come Saturday night. It's a
2: matter of time before they start picking it up. So I mean, if you're the Tigers, you want to, like you said last weekend, you want to hit them early. Because, yeah. I, mm-hmm. you know, as soon as Prince Albert starts winning, they're going to win. Well, especially
6: right. when you have a defense with King Gooley, who is one of the more talented players that's going to be playing in the Western Hockey League this year from a defensive standpoint. Uh, he's highly touted. There was some question marks if he was going to come back to Prince Albert. He's one of the last returnees to the team, and uh, it looks like he is back in uh, back in green in Prince Albert. So oh. it's it's going to be a tough test for the Tigers, uh, especially early on in that game.
2: Must yeah. be nice getting your returning players back. So <laughs> Roblin, always a pleasure, man. You can catch him this weekend uh, for we're both Tiger games on Chat 94.5.
1: More hockey talk on the way with Tigers Uncaged. we will, we will rock you. Sing it. Powered, by Powered by South, by Country, South Co-op. Country Co-op. Yeah.
5: For over 60 years, South Country Co-op has been part of our community. Families gathering around the table to talk about their day, share stories, laugh together, and just be there for one another. The meal on the table that brings families together is from South Country Co-op. Fresh local ingredients on amazing deals for you every single week. And their app gets you access to their flyer, locations, hours, and more. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years you're at home here. If we asked your car how it felt, it wouldn't respond. It's a car. But if we added some magical pixie dust and then asked, it still wouldn't answer. That only happens in the movies. But if we ask how you felt about having to fill your car, you'd probably say I wish I got something out of it. Well, co-op members earn money on every liter filled at Co-op Gas Bars. Fill up today on Strack and Road, 13th Avenue, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Redcliffe, Eagle Butte, and Dunmore, and Oyen. South Country Co-op proudly serving the community for over 60 years. You're at home here,
1: the talk of Tiger Town great
0: moments are born from great opportunity.
1: Tigers uncaged with Jesse and Lance, Howard by South Country Co op.
2: Joined on the phone by our good friend Adam Jones of the Medicine at Tigers. Uh, what a weekend it was, buddy. I we were talking to Scott Roblin, and I don't think anyone really predicted that the Tigers were gonna win uh, both against Red Deer and Edmonton. But Saturday, probably, I, I think I could say this game of the year so far.
0: I would say you're absolutely right, Jesse. Game of the year for sure. Um, the boys came out strong. They were looking to get a win. Uh, they saw a little bit of adversity, but in true Tiger fashion, they didn't back down. Um, Dan Baker fired a shot from the point late in the third period to tie it up. Uh, I haven't seen that much emotion on these guys in a while. It was so awesome.
3: I would say it was game of the year because they lost two of their four, <laughs> and then the other one wasn't an over or wasn't a shootout win. So, yeah, you're not going out on a limb there, okay, Jesse. Right. Well, well played. Yeah. Um, Jonesy, yeah, I wanted to ask, and we'll dive into you know what some of the, the games are feeling like at co-op place in just a second, but uh, we were talking about different players with Scott, and one guy that we didn't mention was Noah Danielson, and, and I don't know what your thoughts have been, but like to me, he's a guy that hasn't gotten on the, the score sheet yet, but he's making such a difference every single shift.
0: You know, Danny's one of those guys who has quietly matured over the last couple of seasons. Fantastic face-off guy, takes those big draws, wins those draws when they matter most. And it's only going to be a matter of time until he starts filling that puck with, or that net with pucks. Um, he's worked a lot on his speed. He's got an explosive first step. You can tell he worked on that in the off season. And his shot's electric.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a matter of time. This team's going to start gelling, and we're going to get goals. I'm looking forward to the next few games. That's for sure. Jonesy, we've done two home games now. How is the uh, how's the electricity been in Co-op Place? You were there last year with no fans. Now we're getting fans back. What's it like, buddy?
0: Last year was just straight-up weird. There really isn't a better way to put it than that. Um, It was great to have hockey, but it was weird. Having fans back makes the game better. You can feel the flow. You can feel the energy. You can feel the fans contributing to the players' energy. Um, Even just talking about it gets me riled up.
3: Have you noticed the difference from opening weekend to Saturday night uh, when Edmonton was in town? Just how much more comfortable the Tigers seemed to look in that game Considering, like you know, you get your home opener and the fans are back, and there's a lot on the go there. But then you, you settle into your second home game, and it seemed like it was night and day between the, those two teams.
0: You know, I think you're probably onto something there. Um, as much as they would never admit it, I think there was some opening night jitters there, uh, having fans back in the rink and a little bit of nerves to go along with that. Um, you know, wanting to put on a good show and for all that you know that goes with it. And I think I think that's it. And now they're kind of back into hockey. I know they focused really hard on their structure um, going into last weekend's games, focusing on one-on-one drills, that kind of thing, really trying to, to push the team forward to get back to basics.
2: I mean, how do you not have the jitters? I think from top to bottom, I think everyone that was a part of co-op place, even if you were a fan, yeah. I think you had those jitters again. I'll admit it. Uh, it was the first time I, I was at center ice in 20 months, and I was trying to pump up a crowd. Jonesy, I know you were in my ear, and you were like, man, this is so crazy with fans. I think every single person in there had you know jitters from first game.
0: You know what? I would completely agree with that, and I would actually say that it was very similar to when we opened the building back in 2015. It was kind of that same feeling, that same anticipation. Uh, we've been waiting a long time for this, and here's the moment, and we're all excited for it. And I, I think you're right. I think every single person um, that was in this building fell into that category.
3: What's the energy been like in co-op place, Jonesy, after that Tigers win in a shootout over Edmonton? Uh, are, are you feeling a, a little bit of a different energy from from the crew at practice each day?
0: You know what? The confidence went up because they found the back of the net. They They stuck to their game plan, and things went their way. And you can see a difference where they're like, okay, this it is going to go this way. Okay, things are going in the right direction. Um, no need to hit the panic button. A little early in the season to start doing that kind of stuff. Um, stick to your game plan and you'll get where you need to go. Well,
2: that's kind of what we were talking about with Scott a little bit. I mean, you don't want to put the panic button on, but at the same time, you can't rely on Lucas to be the guy that's going to score all the goals. Now, with Cole Sillinger, his status kind of up in the air, I believe, I don't think he's coming back. I don't see a way that Columbus is going to say, you know what, We'll send him back to the WHL. We'll get him in his 19-year. I think they're going to put him in the AHL and kind of go back and forth. Jonesy, I, and, and you don't have any behind-the-scenes knowledge of this, but could you see Willie maybe going on the phone and trying to get some offensive talent because they anticipate Cole Cylinder's not coming back, or do they just kind of see what happens as the year goes?
0: You know, Willie talked a little bit about it earlier in the week, and I don't think there, there's any interest to go shopping for anybody right now. Um, Maybe kind of see how the season progresses. But they're really happy with their leadership group. and They're really happy with uh, their forwards and their D and, of course, the goalies as well. Everybody coming together as a group um, and growing and and building this thing together. You never know. I mean, you might go out and make a splash, but uh, I wouldn't expect it anytime soon.
3: Tell me, if you could, between the two home games that the Tigers have had, uh, like we mentioned, that loss to Swift Current and then the big shootout win, over Edmonton in what you were able to see, because you're also working during the games, but what you're able to pick up on, was there one aspect of the Tigers game that was vastly improved from Saturday to Saturday?
0: I would say the biggest thing was the discipline and their structure. Um, Definitely zone entries. They were focusing on getting the puck in deep, getting men on top of that puck, um, trying not to make those mistakes, staying disciplined, not trying to let themselves get frustrated. I think they did a good job of that.
2: Going back to the game day, Jonesy, whose bright idea was it to put two media timeouts in each period? <laughs>
0: well, that was a, that was a WHL decision that came down the line. Um, they wanted to try something a little bit different.
2: Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know if I like this just yet. Not and it, not from my perspective, because I mean, it makes my job, your job, even uh, you know Scott Roblin and Lance when they're doing the play-by-play, everyone's job a little bit difficult with the now the second media timeout. But isn't this going to make the game go a little bit slower?
0: Well, I think I think a lot of it's... We actually did it last year, too. Um, the two media timeouts was in place last year, just nobody noticed it because we didn't have any fans in the building. Um, but it, it's one of those things that I think you get used to, but the timing of it is one of the things that's weird. You know, if your first media timeout doesn't come till the 11-minute mark, and then you're only a couple of minutes away from your next one. Um, but truth be told, well, they only added 30 seconds of media timeout time to the whole period, so it's not that big of a difference.
3: No, I guess it's not a huge difference, but I, I really felt it on that game against Swift where they they had a it, – it just felt choppy because no one could really get the momentum going. And, and I mean, you're going to see that sometimes in Western Hockey League games where it's just a little bit choppy and people are trying to find their footing. But it can also go the other way where these teams can just play, you know, door-down hockey and all of a sudden it's end-to-end rushes. Yeah. Three on ones each way, and and it's nothing but offense. So I guess that's the trade off, isn't it?
2: Yeah, that's exactly
0: right. Um, you're 100% right there.
2: Well, I mean, even in that first game, I don't think the refs knew when the first media break was because I think they skipped it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, and, and there's, there's always weird stuff like who's in the penalty box? Is there power play on? Um, did it happen at the 14 minute mark or 13:59? You know who's right in the box that night. So there's a few different things that go. On.
2: Yeah, <laughs> a few it, elements. It. Right? I just that first game, the Kyle, the guy who uh, is my boss there. He yeah. he sat there and go, oh by the way, two media timeouts now, and I said, pardon? What do you mean oh, there's yeah. two. <laughs>
3: and and it, you, it, you would you, love that. You have you, the energy for that. Oh,
2: and you're just running around all over the place. You are right though. The 30 seconds. I mean, you really have to kind of rush what you want to do in that media break because we're used to the 1 minute but now it's 30 seconds but nonetheless it's uh, it's different this year. Yeah. I'm curious to see if it sticks. Cuz this is the first <laughs> yeah, we'll time we'll be fans.
0: we'll be curious to see because all all of 22 teams in the WHL this is the first time that you know we're kind of all executing promos under this new the 1 minute media timeouts. Um, so you know I imagine they'll they'll bring it back to the business meetings and they'll talk about things and we'll see where things are at next year.
3: Jonesy Tigers are about to head out into Saskatchewan for the weekend and then they also have uh, a home date with the ti- or with the Swift Current Broncos, that is, on Tuesday. Uh, obviously, steps in the right direction from last weekend, but as we've seen from the first couple of this season, uh, it doesn't seem like one weekend leads into the next. So what's your expectation as the Tigers head into Saskatoon on Friday? Uh, they'll make a trip into PA on Saturday and then home for the Broncos on Tuesday.
0: I know the boys are excited. It's kind of the first real uh, mini road trip that the team has had in like 18 months. Last year, everything was day trips, so this will be the first overnighter in quite a while for them. I know they're excited to get on the road. I know they're excited to do that team bonding stuff. Um, I would expect that they'll continue to try and do what they were doing against Edmonton, keep that structure sound. Um, Stay disciplined. Uh, I think you'll see a good turnout on both games.
2: For Tiger fans out there and you haven't made it to Co-op Place yet, highly recommend you check out a game. A yeah. uh, nice Tuesday night game going to be happening on uh, the 19th. Jonesy, if Tiger fans want to get themselves some tickets, how can they do so?
0: You can head to ticks.ca and look for the Medicine Hat Tigers. You can buy all your tickets in there. You can pick them up at the box office here at Co-op Place. Uh, or you can stop by the Tiger's business office and we can take care of you.
3: Wow, rumor has it that if you ask specifically for Jonesy, he will drop it off, hand-delivered, oh, wow. signed, sealed, hey? <laughs> uh, well, we'll see what we can do. Okay, all right, maybe you don't have that much time.
2: Appreciate you, Jonesy. Thanks for your time, buddy. Hey, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. More Tigers
1: uncaged in seconds.
2: That's how winning is done. Powered by South Country Co-op.
5: When it comes to washing your ride, the most important thing is... Water pressure. Without it, dirt, bugs, birds business, and everything else stays on. Thankfully, South Country Co-op Extreme Car Wash has the... Water pressure. State-of-the-art laser touchless car wash from South Country Co-op. Four locations, Maple Avenue, Northlands, Crescent Heights, and Stracken Road. This is your best wash this is specialist car wash from South Country Co-op. You're at home here. What a pressure.
4: We've been part of the farming community for generations. Planning, advising, getting our boots dirty, helping farmers thrive and enhance their land. This is core to what we do because we believe that each crop should be grown with precision, grown with care, and grown with purpose. We are a different kind of business. We are building a legacy we are South Country Co-op.
1: Jesse and Lance are back with more Tigers Uncaged.
2: Passion fuels, baby. Here we go.
1: Powered by South Country Co-op.
2: Well, another podcast in the books. We appreciate the H E Double Hockey Stagia. If you downloaded this, uh, you're listening to it because without you, we couldn't get to really sit down for a half hour and talk about one of our favorite sports teams.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's true. This is uh, this is a nice outlet for us yeah. because like doing our morning show on Chat 94.5, Our boss. The Chad Mm -hmm. has multiple times said, you can't talk about sports all the time. Don't talk
2: about sports. And even if we try and make it local, like he says, we can talk about the Tigers, but we have to limit it to like a four to five minute break. Yeah. And we've always joked, man, we could go, we could talk to Rids for an hour. We could talk (laughs) to Roblin for an hour. And then they said, you know what?
3: (laughs) Yeah, you can. (laughs) you go.
2: And so that's what we get to do. And it's so cool. And uh, we appreciate the people that have reached out and said, thank you for the podcast because I mean, this is something that hasn't been out there. Tigers haven't really got exposure like this, and we're hoping that we can take you behind the scenes, and I think that's what we've done so far.
3: Yeah, I mean, the the Tigers have been super accommodating with it as well. I mean, we've been able to talk to Lucas Vikovsky. As we work through the year, we'll have more players that are able to stop by and and share their thoughts and their different aspects of of life because, I mean, you have anything from 16 to 20 on this roster. And so it's kind of cool to see that even though they're only four years apart, when you think about it, it's not that far, but at that age, it's such a difference in life. Right. So so that part's really cool too. Also next week, kind of cool. Uh, we get our first view from the other side, if we want to call it that as the play by play voice for the Edmonton oil Kings, Andrew Peard going to jump on the pod next week, uh, to tee up the tigers making a trip into Edmonton, uh, next Saturday, I believe. So, Talk to Andrew about that. Uh, they're still having a great season so yes. far up in Edmonton, but uh, Andrew was kind enough to to say he'll jump on and be the first uh, official visiting guest yeah. to Tigers on Cage, which is very.
2: Cool. Uh, and I think right out of the gate, I really want to ask about Josh Williams because he. Yeah. Was, I mean that trade that the Tigers did. There was so much. There was a lot of hoopla about Josh Williams that he was going to be the next big thing for the Medicine Hat Tigers. A lot of people were angry when he got traded. I wonder if Josh Williams is kind of sick of people talking about that trade because it was what three, four years ago. Here
3: he probably is. Yeah, yeah it has but to I mean, be. it worked out for both sides. I think so. Like we or the Tigers ended up with Brett Kemp out of the deal, it was and a huge addition to that team. Yeah, and Edmonton got Josh Williams, who's been you know growing. At an exponential rate with Edmonton. It also I mean,
2: seems like Josh Williams had playing in the WHL for like ten years.
3: He he does get that vibe. <laughs> right? Like he reminds me of of former Tigers goaltender Michael Bouillon. Yes, it felt yeah. like Michael Bouillon was in the league <laughs> for thirty years. The Bouillon Wall. <laughs> like it felt like every single yeah. every single year. There was three things. Death, taxes, and on the net for the Tigers. (laughs) You know?
2: So uh, looking forward to episode four of the podcast. And uh, you can check this out wherever you download the podcast. And be sure to check Lance and I out every weekday morning on Chat 94.5. Have a great day.
1: This has been Tigers Uncaged with Jesse and Lance. Powered by South Country Co op. Thanks to all of our show contributors. Thank you for your help. Be looking for a new Tigers Uncaged podcast every week during hockey season.